0: Please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading this book will make you dangerous. And now, let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is Men's Coach Trip Lemire. Have you hit a spot where
1: things are good, but you want them to be better? Are you really just supposed to bust ass until you're an old man and then sit on that ass until you die? And what if feeling lost or uncertain about your future just means you're right on track? My buddy Mark, David, and I are here to discuss what many, many guys are asking themselves. I've
0: gotten to this point. What do I do with my life now?
1: All right, brother. Well, I'm glad we, we were able to have this conversation. You you were here a while back. You were here, what, a month or so ago. We went surfing, we went paddling, we did lots of good food. And you and I got into the conversation around princes and kings, princesses and queens, and something sparked in there because a lot of the guys that I talk to, a lot of the guys that I work with are guys that have done really well for themselves. They're they're they've they've you know where they are now is where they would kill to be, have been. You know, ten, fifteen years ago, but they're they're where they are now in their lives. Things are going great, but they recognize, hey, there's so, there's another level here. But in our culture, we tend to just kind of think like you you know you bust your ass for however many years and then you retire and then you fade away kind of thing. That's that's how our culturally we look at it. But when you were talking about princes and kings—you were using that terminology—it started to realize, oh, there's another level where a guy matures, he reorients his life around some other values, and he's still vital. He's still very active, and he's still very creative. He's not just put out the pasture, but he's also not a young buck. He's not, he's not still, you know, putting his nose to the grindstone and, and trying to prove himself and all that kind of stuff. So I was hoping we could get into that conversation today because a lot of those guys are suffering. They're they're thinking like, man, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me that I don't want to do things the way that I did in my 20s or my 30s? Um, And they don't realize that, no, this is just the next level of development. So that's why I wanted to bring you in and have that conversation because it was like, oh, here it is. Here's that thing. If my guy could hear this, I think it'd really help him out. So that's where I wanted to go.
2: I love it. I fucking love this conversation and I'm 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 game here. <laughs> I love
1: it. And then there's there's the feminine side too. There's the there's the, you know, the princesses and the and the queens as you as you call them cuz a lot of your work with the uh, Institute of, of the Psychology of Eating um, Institute for the Psychology of Beauty is, uh, is working with women. There's a lot of women that are involved with that, and so that's where I think, I man, when I see you work with women, you're so I mean, amazing, and you have that ability to go into a really sensitive subject matter and, and help them with that. So anyway, let's dive in. So when, we're ta- when you're talking about princes and kings, what are you talking about? What, give me, what's, what's a prince and what's a king? What are we talking about? <laughs>
2: Great question. So here's the assumption. The assumption is that the world isn't as black and white as it seems, and that there's these things called archetypes. And archetypes were you know, described largely, we use that word because of a guy named Joseph Campbell, who really made them popular. But before him, it was Carl Jung. And archetypes are energies. They're forces that are above and beyond us that are kind of timeless. You know, indeed, like Joseph Campbell said, you know, archetypes live... In our DNA. Mm-hmm. And so the prince is an archetype. The 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 king is an archetype. The queen, the princess. We find these in stories throughout the ages and right. their energies. And yeah, a prince, you think of this guy on a sword, on a horse, and maybe you think of a king and this old dude with a beard sitting on a chair on a <laughs> throne, you know. Right. But it's but it's so much bigger than that because there's teachings, there's energies, there's layers of meaning. So, so let me answer your question by just kind of getting down to some specifics. Yeah. So, so the prince archetype, I'm going to say prince archetype is when you're about, let's say, age. So you're a male and you're age, let's say, 13 to 30s, because I'm going to say prince starts, you know, right around when a boy just kind of starts to go through puberty. So from about age 13 to 30, you are in early. Prince is what I'm going to call it. And -hmm. the Prince is all about where is my power in the world? What is my moral code? Where do I rank? Mm -hmm. So it's essentially breaking down like, who am I? I'm this little young male. I got all this energy coursing through my system. I got this testosterone. I'm this little kid. I'm getting bigger. Who am I? What's my power in the world? What's my moral code? Where do I rank? Now, now, let me just break that down a little bit. You notice how sometimes, you know, like young boys, like we get so in it about like how strong am I, mommy and daddy? Look, I can lift up this. Right, and right. now I can lift up two. These like wow, mm-hmm. so so the, so there's a sense of rank, there's a sense of importance of numbers. You know, I bench press 150 pounds, well, I bench press 200 pounds, right? You know, so so we measure
1: strength. like I, 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 yeah, like the self worth is attached to the how much can I do and what I accomplish, that kind of thing.
2: Bingo. And and because that's where the mind is, that's what the mind can do at that point. The Mm -hmm. mind can measure. So it's really cool when you learn how to measure stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool when you take a test and you figure out where you rank. Now, we know... Now, when I say early princes, you know, 13 to 30, you know, think of all like the, the, the teenage boys or the 20 year old boys. And they get into numbers, you know, wow, how many girls did you kiss? How many girls did you bang? You know, so, so value starts to come from there. I just want to point out, you know, some of the people who understand this kind of psychology the best are the marketers and the advertisers. I was thinking about the army. The army has this great tagline. Be all that you can be in the army, and what they do when they say that is they nail down the archetype in advertising in one line because there's purpose and potential. What is your purpose? Well, you, you know, uh, okay. What's your potential? Well, be all that you all be all you can be. There's your potential. Right. How? What's your purpose? You do it in the army. Right. And. And you're also, the army takes advantage of the fact that you have ranks, you have moral codes, and you get to go around the world and do all this stuff. Okay, great. So age 30 to 39, I'm going to call late prince and... Whereas previously, the early prince is asking, where is my power? What is my moral code? Where do I rank the late prince, approximately, age 30 to 39? Right. Now, now that I've started to find these things in myself, I know who I am. Wow, you know, my power is in how smart I am. So I'm a prince scholar. My power is in what a great athlete I am. I'm a, I'm a warrior prince, mm-hmm. you know? Um so then it becomes, how do I use my power in the world? How do I use my moral code? So, so I got to start laying this out, man, because I got I to gotta have things. I need a car. I need a, maybe I'm going to get married, but I need stuff. Right. And, 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 and I'm wanting to express in the world, I'm wanting to show myself, I'm wanting to show the world what I could do. So I
1: want to show that I matter.
2: That I matter. And that, and that here I am, I'm using it. So absolutely. So, but here's the little twist, you know, trip in this, in this piece about, uh, you know, I want to show that I matter. The male mind often gets confused between achievement versus conquest. So in achievement, I can, I can learn more. I can give more. I can, I can do what I do, whatever my job is, whatever my career is, I can do it better. And I can really show, you know, I could show my family, my friends, myself. I could show people what I do. Conquest is when we turn a little bit to the dark side. And Mm. it's kind of about me. And it doesn't matter how many people I climb over. It doesn't matter how many people I screw. It doesn't matter how many laws I break behind the scenes. Because you know something, I I made my quotas and I fudged, maybe I fudged my results and it shows that I made all this money, or I had all this success. Hmm. So we're easily turned. The male mind, you know, one of the reasons why you can you can take young boys and you can send them all over the world uh, fighting, you know, in a war, and and they'll do some nasty stuff. They'll rape. They'll pillage. They'll steal. Um, the young male mind has a little more trouble developing a moral code than the young female mind and and a lot of religious traditions will say this that you know oh girls mature faster than boys there is a certain moral maturing that happens in the feminine as opposed to the masculine believe it or not a lot of um evolutionary biologists, uh, blame that on testosterone, you know, because you hear people call testosterone like the fuck it or kill it hormone. Um, so, so there's this piece around moral development and moral code. And that's why for the late prince, one of the questions becomes, so age 30 to 39 for the male is, well, really who and what do I truly serve? There's this sense of service, Mm -hmm. you know? uh, What was the movie? I think it was called Ronin. You know, Ronin is the Japanese term for a swordsman, for a warrior who previously serves a king, but maybe the king's army got defeated, and all of a sudden the Ronin is kind of wandering the countryside. He's got a sword. He's a killer, but he doesn't know what to do. Right. He doesn't know who do who or what do I serve. So he's developed
1: this skill and he's developed this capacity, but it's for what now? What's what's what 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 am I going to apply this to? What's this for?
2: exactly and he can get a little lost when we don't know who we serve when we don't know what we stand for we get lost and one of the reasons we get lost think about it so the what happens to the ronin is their king dies okay or their or their or their army gets defeated and it's gone, so they're just by themselves. So in other words, the outer thing that they were serving disappears. Well, I Maybe- that,
1: that, that's the big point. I want to you know, just kind of to bring this back to my guy that's listening out there. What was so important to him in his 20s and and in, coming into his 30s isn't as important anymore. Like that driver is like, ah, eh, I don't really need that anymore. Maybe he's not doesn't need to you know impress dad or impress the world anymore he's starting to shift into that why and and now there's like well shit then who am i who, what am i doing this for
2: beautifully put beautifully put in and, and the and what's great about that is there's nothing wrong with this part of the yeah. journey even though it feels uncomfortable Um, because it's a time-release transformation. Archetypes are time-release transformation. So we naturally age. That is time-release transformation. We naturally, if we pay attention at the wheel, you could become a better driver. You could become a better person. We have time-release learning and wisdom. So all of a sudden, age 30 to 39, especially as you hit your late 30s, it's like, yeah, like, what's it all for? I'm not serving the man anymore because uh, that didn't, Quite work right now, now but I just want to
1: come back to what you said about it feeling lost because that's as guys, so many of us were trying to avoid looking weak, and we certainly don't want to feel weak. There's that part of us that we were weak when we were kids, and like I'm never going back to that kid that was you know crying in front of everybody, got got uh, got embarrassed. I never want to appear weak. That's when people can attack me, and so when we feel like we don't have a sense of self or where we're going or, or direction. That feels like weakness. To go mm-hmm. into a party and have somebody say, hey, what are you doing? You're like, I don't know. I hope nobody asks me what I'm doing with my life. I hope nobody asks me some of these deeper questions because I don't have an answer, and that's going to feel really weird. I like to feel like I know what I'm doing. I like to feel like I know where I'm headed. And when guys get to that phase, they, it's like, oh, man, this is mm-hmm. not right. And they'll, I think they'll go back. They'll get stuck in this place and try to do what they used to do, trying to find the magic there instead of, Moving forward and allowing this archetype to unfold, as you said, through time.
2: Okay, so so beautifully put. So then let's let's actually go to where the target is. We'll we're gonna return, or or I'd like to return to some more distinctions about the prince. But let me say why I believe we are facing what you just laid out. The guy that hits his late thirties or starts to hit his early forties, and it's like, wait a second, like this isn't working anymore. I'm alone. I don't have a, I don't have a compass. So the challenge there is the next phase is king in training age 40 to 49. And after that age 50 plus is king. And in order to know where you're going, you have to have a model. You have to have a vision. So when I'm a little kid, and I look at the big kids, I know that's where I'm going. I'm gonna be big like that 16-year-old someday. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be strong like that 16-year-old someday. I'm gonna be dating girls like that 16-year-old kid someday. Okay, right. so we have something to shoot for. What happens is you got all these young men in this world, and I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna focus on the United States because that's what I know most about, but I see this all over the world. And we live in a time when we don't have a lot of good kings. In fact, we live in a time of bad kings. So, and in fact, what oftentimes a bad king looks like, it's a king who sits on a throne who's really a prince. He hasn't actually graduated to becoming a king. So we don't have role models. We don't have the kind of men in general, obviously mm-hmm. they are out there, that we go, that's where I'm going now. That's that's where I'm heading. Right. I want to be like that guy. So here's So here's who that guy is. The king, you know, when you maybe try to imagine some of the fairy tales from when you were young or some of the images that you saw, a king sits on his throne. A king is in his power. Okay, a king, a good king, serves a higher king. So when you go to the Arthurian legends, King Arthur and the knights, the knights are the princes, by the way. Mm-hmm. So knights and princes is, is, is two things, two ways to say the same thing. But I want to get back to knights because there's some good stuff there. So So King Arthur, he's what you're aspiring towards. He's the leader. He is a leader. He is a king because definitionally, a king answers to a higher king. There's a higher authority. There is a higher code that supersedes the world. And a king is powerful. And how is this one dude telling everybody what to do? How is this one dude staying in power no matter what? How is this one dude so courageous? How is this one dude so present and he will do anything? A king is here to serve. A king is simply here to give. A king is here to steward and maintain and take care of his kingdom. So a good king has accessed his own power. Yes, he knows what he could do. He knows his skill. He's done self-development. He's cleansed himself. He's looked at himself, he's gone to school, he's he's learned about people. And now he's delivering, he's giving his gifts, but he's following a code that's higher than the normal human code. So he's not looking to get over on people. I'm talking about a good king right yeah. now. He's not looking to get over on people. A good king is not looking to have even a bigger kingdom and then a bigger kingdom. And I'm going to have a bigger kingdom by kicking ass on your kingdom. That's a bad king. Right. So bad kings in this world are drunk on their power. Bad kings in this world, they serve themselves. So they're using their power. They're using their money. They're using their resource. They're using their smarts to manipulate. They're using their smarts to 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 own the 99% of the world. And that's what we see. <laughs> right,
1: yeah, that's what good. And, and, and you're saying the good king is connected to, he understands that he's here to serve something much larger than himself, that he's a vessel for that. And, and that's where the joy, that's where the fulfillment comes from. A lot of the guys that I talk to, I want to do something with meaning. I spent my twenties, my thirties, chasing money, chasing ass, like proving this, proving that, and it was empty. Those, those were hollow victories. Now I want to serve something. I want actually want to create something with impact, with meaning. Well, here it is. This is serving something larger than ourselves, but also doing what's going to fulfill us. In the, we're not a martyr in that in that way. So. This, this is where it becomes around how can I serve, how can I give, where's that enjoyment going to come from, and the guy that's only looking at himself and only looking after himself and also playing defense, right, he's only protecting himself, he's only thinking about himself and making sure he doesn't look bad and all that kind of stuff, playing defense all the time, um, that's that's the bad version, that's the unhealthy version.
2: Bingo. And in order to, And in order to go on offense at that point, you can't use the same strategies you used as a prince. Because, in order to find my higher service, what am I really here to do that's bigger than me? We have to find that place inside of us. Previously, a prince, you know, zero to 39, a prince is looking to the outside world tell me what to do yeah. what gives me value oh money gives me value oh chicks give me value oh this or that this kind of job we're looking to the outside world
1: or even like oh that guy's doing that well i want to see if i can beat him right it's still it's still this external it's, comparison my i'm going to see i going to feel better about myself compared to how this other guy's
2: doing 100% and that's where the game has to change we have to go within you know you, you even think of the term a king ascends the throne. We ascend the throne. You you don't hear the term, oh yeah, I was given the throne. And and then when you hear stories about, yeah, the king dies and the young prince ascends the throne, there's always nonsense that happens. This one tries to bump him off and that one really is in control. The bottom line is, in order to ascend the throne, we have to work at it. You got to do a little climbing. You got to do a little digging. Go watch the movie, The Lion King. You know he's a he's a prince, His dad dies. His dad dies, so all of a sudden he's got he's got no direction, and he doesn't know what to do. And he ends up hanging around with a bunch of little animals eating insects. <laughs> and he's a lion. and he's got all this power. But why is he eating insects? Because a prince is going to model what's around him. So he makes friends with insect eaters. Mm. So he eats insects. And then all of a sudden, so so check it out. Let's just step back for one second, and then we'll jump forward again okay. um, if we can. So notice also in some of the fairy tales, a lot of times you don't really meet the prince first. What do you meet? You meet a frog. <laughs> the prince originally right. is a frog. And how do you get from frog to prince? Well, you get the little beautiful princess, and she... She sees the frog, but she sees that there's a prince inside the frog. So she kisses the frog. Mm. And all of a sudden, the frog becomes this handsome prince. What does that mean? So part of the symbology of this archetype is that a prince doesn't kind of wake up to the world until he's touched by the feminine, until he's touched by another archetype. Because a prince is so bathing in his own in his own testosterone, and he's bathing in his own limited bandwidth of consciousness that he really, he's a frog. He's not very smart. Right. He's not very interesting. He, do, he doesn't have anything to say. He's not worldly. Um, and then he's touched by the feminine. He falls in love. Um, but, you know, it, it it doesn't have to be falling in love. It's being kissed by life. It's, be, it's, it's, it's realizing that there's a whole other world out there, and, and, and this frog transforms into a
1: prince. Well, the, the other part of that is that you call it the feminine, but it's also, if you think about how does a, how does a, how does a young man create? He pushes, and when things get harder, he pushes even more. Like it's all about how much can I push, how much can I shove. It's all about overcoming that, and that's one style. That's that masculine style. Things get tough, you get bigger, you get tougher, you push back, you push harder, right? That's one style. Mm -hmm. But invariably, the guys that I'm talking to, they've been doing that, and they've been able to climb walls and all that shit, and they're fucking beat. They are tired. They are exhausted. They're to push more is just exhausting them they haven't learned how to receive they haven't learned how to create and and build while also receiving and allowing energy to come back into their lives. And I just want to leave the, the space for that. That's a feminine style. It's not a girly style. That's a feminine style of creating where there's a reception, a receptive ability to delegate, to be able to say, hey, here, you take this, take care of this, instead of, no, this is up to me, and I have to prove myself, and I have to push mm-hmm. and show you how, how big and bad I am. So a lot of these guys, they're they also, it's their creative style, allowing a feminine creative style to come in where they allow themselves to receive the help of others and be impacted by others instead of using all of this does a platform to show how big and bad and you know how much mm-hmm. they can do. So I wanted that's the masculine and feminine version of that work and that energy.
2: I, I love that distinction because it it so applies to the king because a good king understands the blend of masculine and feminine. In fact, a good king always has a good queen by him by his side, um, who understands him. Who respects him? Who gets him? Who sees him? Um, but if we if we kind of look at that from a symbolic place, a king is taking care of his kingdom, but a king receives a lot of care too. Yeah. You know, kings get what they want. A king will sit on his throne and said, "You know, bring me my meal." And the king has servants. So the energy there is, how are we fed? You know, so, how we are we start, nourished, right? How, how do we allow we our,
1: yeah, how do we allow our our work to nourish us? How do we allow our relationships to nourish us?
2: But really nourish. Like what really feeds me so that my cup is being filled? And for a lot of people, that question is hard to answer because we've never really asked it. Yeah, we don't know what feeds us or, and and what truly nourishes us and what truly inspires us and 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 really recharges us. But we must ask that question and then we must go out and create it because we have given to the world. We have pushed, we have shoved. And then. Well, I just want to say
1: something because there's a, there's a guy out there I know right now. He's whether he's stuck in traffic, he's on a plane, he's on a treadmill or whatever. And he's thinking, I'm exhausted. I must need to work harder. I'm exhausted, I'm flat, my life is flat, this must mean I'm not working enough, I'm not pushing enough. And there's instead of switching over and asking that different question like, where can I receive, where would I be nourished, where would I allow myself to just actually be rejuvenated and energized, and that takes energy, especially if all you've been looking at are, are the things that need to be done and pushed and all that kind of stuff, the rocks that need to be pushed up the hill, that's where his focus has been for however many years, 10, 20, 25 years. Now it's time to to start to ask a different question, where, where can I receive? And that's going to feel really fucking awkward for him. It's going to be for really sure. weird. And, and he's going to feel weak. He's going to be confused, and he's going to want to go back to, let me just find another rock to push up the hill. But that's not going to answer his his deepest concern, which is, I'm hitting the wall. So. Yeah.
2: And, and that's where we need to change in accordance with life. It's no different than if you got to walk with a cane, you've you've got to change how you do things. You know, you're kind of reminding me of of there's this there's this place where, it's it's simply a maturing we have to understand that from an archetypal perspective from a time released wisdom perspective there's a place in life there's a time in life when we have to start slowing down and slowing down doesn't mean i'm necessarily getting old and decrepit even though it does say yeah you're getting older slowing down means we're creating in a whole different way. I'm thinking of uh, the old joke about young bull and old bull. Did you hear this? Right, one? right, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, right, so here's, you know, young bull and old bull are hanging out and they and they climb up this big hill and it's kind of exhausting <laughs> and they get to the top of the hill and all of a sudden they're overlooking this beautiful valley and there's all these gorgeous cows and young bull is just jumping up and down and he's freaking out and he goes, oh my God, old bull, look down in that valley. There's all these hot, beautiful, cows let's run down the hill and fuck a cow and old bull kind of surveys the scene and he says you know how about we walk down the hill and bang them all <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the wisdom with all due respect to the women out there because sometimes men have to have have to couch things in sexuality sure. um, but but it's like it's it's when you get older You can create with the move of a hand. You can create with saying one word, with one sentence. You can sometimes move people. You can move mountains. That's because you're understanding your power. So a lot of times when we stop all the force and push and shove so for the so for the guys out there who feel like you've hit the wall and you don't want to have to push again but you think you have to push again in order to recapture the glory that you had in your 20s or that you thought you had in your 30s no it's actually about slowing down and it's about assessing your power and it's about kind of doing a deep dive yeah. really it's a deep dive into self and you know something, that's a scary process. It is scary, it, yeah. Because I've been focused on the outer world. I've been focused on my wife, my kids, my career. I've, I've been focused out there. And, and maybe I've done okay out there, but that's where my focus has been. And now I got to turn my focus inwards and in a strange way, now the work begins. <laughs> it's yeah. a different, it's a different flavor of work. Right. But if we can attack that work, if we can go at that work with the same rigor and the same strength and the same mojo that we did, you know, trying to climb the ladder, um, we find something good, we find our values, we find how what we're here for, like our real purpose.
1: Yeah. You know, when I met you, I was going through this process. I was going through one of these stages, and um, I really wanted the plan. I wanted the certainty. I wanted this thing, like I got it all worked out, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to kick some ass, and and I remember I would just... I, it was like almost every six weeks, I felt like I just fall down on my face, and I was like, "Man, what is wrong with me? I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna amount to anything. I'm never gonna make any more money. I'm never like." It was really a scary time, and especially as a guy, like I'd been so successful, I'd been able to create so many things in my life, and and, and the life that I wanted, and then to just feel really powerless, like not feel very powerful or, or vital, um, was was really scary for me. And I realized that. I started to to find my way through it when I allowed myself to just follow my curiosity. I didn't see how that was going to work out. I didn't see how it was all going to pan out and I'd be able to make money and do all this other kind of stuff again, but it was that receiving. It was learning how to create from a different place of what would invigorate me, what would be interesting to me, and can I just allow that into my life without needing to have all these conditions met beforehand? And that was the pathway through, And and it led me right into uncertainty. Right into it instead of here's the path that's all laid out. Somebody wrote it in a book, and all you got to do is steps one, two, three, four, five. It was no, you're going to go right into uncertainty, and you're going to follow the things that basically you're building a little fire as you go. You're going to add a little fuel, you're going to add a little air as you go, and that's how you build the fire. But man, it was going through like like Joseph Campbell said, right into the darkest area of the forest, and and you know developing your own path instead of somebody else's. But that receptive quality, what would invigorate me? What's the thing that would have me feel more alive today? And it took rigor it took discipline it was it it was so much easier to want to just go and follow somebody else's thing um, but that were, there was a real discipline to that
2: Mm. You know, I I thanks for sharing that. Like wh- there's a couple of things that 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 come to mind when you say that. And you said, you know, I allow myself to follow my curiosity. Curiosity is another way of saying, I allow myself to follow what's inside me. Right. I allow myself to follow the creative urge in me. Even though there's no certainty, you know, by the way, uncertainty I feel is, is so vastly underrated and (laughs) it, it is so underrated and, and it's like the freaking boogeyman to people. Oh yeah. Um, because we want certainty and, and if you look around, there ain't none. Might you have times when you have more of it? Sure. Might you have times when you think you have more of it? Absolutely. But when you get down and dirty, you realize that there is no certainty you might not live past this podcast. You know, who knows what's going to happen. And we are so hungry for that certainty that we will stop ourselves and we will stunt our own growth in order to be safe. Now, now, there's another piece when you think of all the old stories with kings and queens and princes and princesses and knights and all that kind of stuff. There's this thing they call the gauntlet, you know, and a lot of times they will put the man, the, the prince through the gauntlet. Um, and it's all these like crazy, like this big machine that has all these like moving swords and hatchets mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the gauntlet ain't just the gauntlet. It ain't that weird looking machine. The gauntlet is your life. The gauntlet is these times when you go, oh, my God, my life isn't what it used to be. My life has to change. I don't have a roadmap map." I'm looking at this crazy contraption in front of me, i.e. this uncertainty that it looks like it's going to kill me. Right. It looks like I'm going to get my head chopped off. Like this is impossible. But then the man aims all his power. He looks. What does he do before he goes to the gauntlet? He studies it. He studies it like a fiend. He watches. Mm -hmm. And he sums up all his courage. And that's what we have to do. We have to examine. Examine my curiosity try it out take a step forward whoa too soon okay great here's where that led me to and then you got through a third of the gauntlet and then you're looking around some more so there's there's something about understanding that yeah there's a there is a strange kind of danger here yeah and this is hard. this is a birthing process. You know, study the birthing process for goodness sake, or watch it. There's a screaming lady, there's a screaming baby <laughs> trying to fit out of this tiny hole. There's a dad who's freaking out on the other side. It ain't easy.
1: It ain't easy. no, and that's how we all came into the world, right? right. Well, I just want to say like but that's where you can, I can imagine there's this there's this option for the guy, right? He's hit this place in his life. he's confused, there's uncertainty ahead. And it's easy for him to just like keep looking in the rearview mirror. Well, I must be doing this wrong. I must have left something back there instead of recognizing, oh no, this is the path forward. It's 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 to recognize uncertainty is going to come. That doesn't mean something's wrong. It just means this is the next step. This is the next phase of the development. Instead of thinking there's something wrong, I need to go back and redo it. The, what I did again, done, and try to do it again differently. But it's still just the, doing the same shit. We're not growing. We're not, and, and it's not going to be fulfilling. It's not going to satisfy that deeper part of himself. So being willing to go through that uncertainty and and learn how to create in a new way, in a receptive way, in an invigorating way, in a more powerful way, um, is what we're talking about here. I just want to kind of wrap that up. Okay, so keep going.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, and that's what qualifies us to start stepping into kinghood, because in a way, let's just say, let's, let's postulate here that for a man, the name of the game, the long-range game, is to step into your kinghood. You know, think of people saying, think of men saying, Yeah, you know, I wanna do my job and then I wanna retire. Like that was old school. And, and retiring in the in, in the old school universe, that was the way of becoming a king. Okay, now I'm hanging out at the house and here's my grandkids. I got and my I'm watch. Just- yeah, watch, and, and, yeah. It's, and it's like, I'm okay now, and I get dinner made, and I got my pension, and <laughs> and and that's the poor man's kinghood. That's a false kinghood that the world has given us because oftentimes the world wants to keep people not necessarily in their power because if you're in your power, you're not as good of a consumer. You're not going to buy a lot of shit. If you're in more pain, if you're in more suffering, you'll buy stuff. You're easily controlled. You're easily manipulated Kings are not easily manipulated.
1: Well, that false king, that we—that he's a weak guy. I mean, it's not a—it's—he's—he's it, it, he's sitting in the chair. He's watching TV all day. He's not creating. He's not leading. He's not supporting others. He's just kind of out to pasture at that point. And that's—and that's—that's where that's kind of the dichotomy we're in. It's like you either bust your ass until you hit that finish line, and then you're done. You're fucking wasted. Instead of okay, here's this. What I love—we're talking about now—is like what it really means to be a king. So go ahead.
2: So what it really means to be a king is that you have claimed your throne. You have gone through the gauntlet. And now when you sit in your king's chair, what happens is that creation happens much quickly around you and you can direct creation. You can say, please, I need this, or please do that, or okay, we're going to roll out this project, we're going to do this thing. There's a way that a king sits in his power, and because he's serving a higher king, he has a service, he has something that he gives to the world. So a king has a big gift with a capital G. What is it for you? That's the question. What is my gift for the world? What is my talent? Here's where the mystical comes in. You know, I give you, I I have a hundred bucks. I give you 50 bucks. According to the world, I got a hundred. I give you 50. I got 50 left and you got 50 of my 50 bucks. And that makes perfect sense. And, and, and that's how princes kind of break things down. But according to the more unseen world, I have a hundred bucks. I give you 50. Guess what? Giving is receiving. So even though I just gave you half of what I've given you, I've actually received on some level. I've become more. Mm. I am playing by different rules. Because when I'm giving my gift, and, and, and guys, listen to this. You know it. You know when you're like purely giving and, and it's flowing for you. You feel good. You yeah. feel empowered. You feel enlivened. You feel freaking great. You feel like you just worked out and you could work out some more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not it, that draining thing. It's not that pushing. It's not that efforting. It's like, oh, wow. I, I got, I'm on the plus side of that interaction and, and so is the other person. Because
2: you got a power and an energy that's coming through you instead of you just expending your own bank account. So, you know, also in the Arthurian legends, and, and, and this is really a great place to understand kings and queens and so on. You know, there's a beautiful line and the line goes, as goes the king, so goes the kingdom. So when you're, you know, age 40 to 49, king in training and and then 50 plus, you know, officially starting to be in your king's chair, if you want to understand the dynamics around you, just look at yourself, so you you want to understand what's happening in your kingdom. Now, your kingdom—what does that mean? Your kingdom means your family. Your kingdom means your job. Your kingdom means that which you are managing and controlling. It means your world. Right. In truth, in truth, your kingdom is wherever you go.
1: But it's also this—a big part of this—and we've we've glossed over this. But it's really yourself, right? It's 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 not just this outward-facing who am I better than? Who's, who's not as good as me? That kind of, you know, what do I need to be doing more of and less of? That kind of thing. It's, it's listening to ourselves. That's the shift, right? It's into this self-inquiry. I'm connected with myself. I'm here to express something from the inside out. So a lot of that kingdom is also just getting in touch with our curiosity, getting in touch with where we actually feel invigorated, where we actually feel alive, where we actually feel peace and passion and love and, and connection and all, the, all that great stuff. Um, and i like to think of that as the kingdom like it's really understanding that i'm responsible for myself and everybody else is responsible for, i you know as the work that i do i'm help i'm helping others become kings right i'm helping them get in touch with that part of themselves too so there's also this interior aspect of it i want to really drill that in there
2: oh 100% and that interior part which is where it all originates from, will then largely determine what's going on around you. So when King Arthur is depressed, when King Arthur loses his confidence, when King Arthur loses his connection with the higher king, his kingdom becomes dark, it becomes black, and it loses all its money, and it's starving, because he's not in his power. And then it's easy to say, "Oh, my kingdom sucks and you people are no good." And it's easy to start blaming everything outside of you. And then King Arthur in order to rescue his kingdom, in order to rescue his queen and 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 all his subjects and everything that's going on around him in right. order to fix it. He's got to find himself. He's got to fix himself first. So so the so the outer the outer kingdom is always a reflection of the inner kingdom.
1: Yeah. Well, so, let's come back to that that question, because it was like, what is my gift? And I can imagine a lot of guys get hung up there. Well, I can't make this next step if I don't have this clarity, and it just becomes this other bus stop. They're just waiting there for, for this thing to kind of show up for them. Uh, how do we help that guy? How do we help him figure out what his gift is? What's the thing he's orienting his life around and from?
2: Mm, what a great question. You know, I think there's a number of ways to go at this. Um, let me mention one way that we don't always look at is, you know, sometimes we have to clean house a little bit before something new can come in. So when I'm wondering, you know, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my gift? What's my gift? You know, sometimes we could ask that question. We could follow our curiosity. We could follow the unknown and we can surely discover it if we have enough inquiry. And if we're willing to make the time, if we're willing to put ourselves in circumstances, you know, can you find alone time? Can you find a time when you could be with yourself for two days, three days, a week, more, you know, where you can just be you and feel you and get out to nature, get out to a power spot? connect. What do you need to do to connect? A lot of times we make ourselves busy with shit and we don't don't feel comfortable being alone because being alone with self is where the action is. Going within is where the action is. Sometimes we have to clean house a little bit. We got to look at, okay, what's some of the baggage that I'm carrying from my princehood years that I don't need to be carrying anymore?
1: Yeah, time to let it go, right? What doesn't service anymore?
2: And I want to say something that 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 oftentimes we get hooked up on is how and, and this is for men, this is for heterosexual men, is how you're being in relationship with women. Um because a prince, you know, a prince is still a young man. And when a prince looks at the feminine, he often sees, oftentimes, either something he can conquest, at best, he'll look at the feminine in his age group is something I'm equal to. He'll look at the queens as somebody I look up to. You know, there's an archetype called the white knight. And think of a prince, but it's the white knight. Mm-hmm. And the archetype of the white knight in contrast to the dark knight, the white knight has this beautiful code. You know, the white knight has his rules and the white knight loves to rescue. The white knight loves to do the good. And he often rescues women. Um, he and, and rescuing women means... Um, I got to save women. I got to do things for women. I look up to women. I put women on a pedestal. And a lot of guys, when they're young, they they find that the way to get the girl is to, like, give her a lot of stuff and save her and try to fix her and take the damaged ones. And it, it never quite works out. Yeah, they're, always, they're uh, always
1: looking for the fixer-upper and the wounded bird, right? But it's never really empowering if you're rescuing somebody. You're never really empowering somebody. You're just, you know, they're still— in, in, um, reinforcing that they're powerless.
2: Yes, and when we're doing that, what we're really doing is we're trying to save our own mother, and that's that's a bit psychological, but we haven't really stepped out of our, stepped out of our mother's house. Yeah. And oftentimes there is a place where we need to step into our adulthood. There's a place where we make a shift and you realize that you are no longer the child of your parents. A lot of us are still living in our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, and more. We're still living in reaction to our upbringing. Right. I hate my father. I'm so pissed at my mother. He did this. She did that. If only this, if only that. And at some point, and and this is, this is just what I've observed about personal growth over the years, until you graduate from having your parents be wrong, Another way is to say, forgive your parents. If you don't like forgiving your parents until you become equals with your parents, you stop seeing them as these people that did a shit job. And it doesn't matter how bad they were. And I'm sure you had the challenges in your upbringing. But until you start to see them as two humans who did the best they could, (laughs) <laughs> with what they had. Yeah, maybe they screwed up. Okay, I get it. I've screwed up too. And now I can be equal because I'm an adult also, and I understand those adult mistakes. And you're not living in reaction. You're you're not being a child anymore. So you're cleansing out the last remaining little prince pieces that's in there that are holding you back.
1: Right. I needed my parents to be this way. I need them to be that way. That's part of where we cling to princehood instead of stepping into our own. It's like, well, that was the way things were. Now, how am I going to respond? How am I going to create from this place? And that impacts, as you said, the relationships we have with women.
2: Bingo, and we have to stop blaming the world. We have to stop blaming our parents. Might I wanna be you know, inclined to do that? Sure, but imagine if you're writing a fairy tale and you wanna have the most empowered king sitting in his throne. Do you want a king who's sitting there saying, Okay, kingdom. Uh, before I tell you what to do, I just gotta say, God, did I have a lousy <laughs> upbringing? And my mother really sucked. And um, is there a therapist in this kingdom? Um,
1: I'm sorry, I just can't lead today because I'm having. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had a flashback of what happened when I was ten, and it's just
2: exactly. No. <laughs> Nobody's gonna freaking follow you. You know. Right. And, and and here's another thing. Here's another piece. And and Trip, you brought this up before when you were sharing about your own journey, and you said, "Yeah, you know, I started, I started following my own curiosity. You know, sometimes when you follow your curiosity, what starts to happen is it leads you to a little goal, gold. It leads you to a dream. It leads you to a vision. Yeah. But you know, it comes in pieces. That's why." You know, we have these beautiful tales of treasure hunts, you know, because it is a treasure hunt and you don't know what you're going to find along the way. Lord of the Rings, they're always going on these adventures and you don't know what's going to happen next. Right. And, you know, look at, look at one of the great kings of our time, a true king, uh, interestingly enough, was Martin Luther King. Um, Martin Luther King, he knew he was a marked man. He had a cause, he was serving something greater than himself, and notice in this world that when you become a powerful king, I want you to know something, you become a dangerous person. You polarize people. You will polarize, there will be people who start to hate you like never before. There will be people who start to love you like never before, you will get attention. You have to know that you're not gonna just be this good little prince, this white knight that everybody loves. The dark knight, so the Dark Knight doesn't really have a moral code. The Dark Knight wants to conquer with violence and deceit, goes to the beat of his own drummer. He's kind of here to destroy, to hurt women. The positive side of the Dark Knight is the Dark Knight isn't afraid to go to the beat of his own drummer, and he's not afraid to be the bad guy. Hmm. Now, 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 how do you integrate that into, an in, into, a, into a full-on human king? The, the full-on human king, he's not worried if he's going to piss someone off As long as he's following the right moral code, as long as he's following the higher king energy, something bigger, yeah, he's going to piss someone off. Yeah, people are not going to like him. Stop being a pussy. No one's going to, everybody's not going to like you. And when we're looking for popularity and we're looking for everybody to love us, we will act like ineffective men in the world. We'll never get what we want. We will get walked all over. If you feel you're getting walked all over, it is because you want people to like you.
1: You just described Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, right? Luke Skywalker was staying home even though he had this dream he wanted to follow. He felt obligated. I better make sure I take care of my aunt and uncle and be the good boy. Play, you know, He's playing this conventional role, even though that wasn't who he really was. Han Solo, on the other hand, was like, fuck him. I don't answer to anybody. I do my own thing, and I'm not here to rescue anybody. I'm here to just look out for myself. Both of them grew through that to find more of their higher selves and, and, and integrate through that moral code. Um, I love how you just created that contrast there. helped me see those characters, uh, more clearly and just, you know, we're playing, we're, we're painting real broad strokes here, but it just helps like, oh yeah, that's, that's how, that's what it looks like. Okay. I got it.
2: 100% and remember Han Solo as fun as he was. And, you know, chances are all the girls, they want to go out with Han's. They don't necessarily <laughs> you know, want to go out with Luke at that point. Um, but at the same time, Han's, he, he's not fully trustable. Right. Um he's not fully trustable and he ultimately serves himself and until he meets up with Luke and until he gets pulled in to a higher cause that's when his true courage comes out right. and that's where he really grows. Now now go back to Martin Luther King for a moment. Martin Luther King said something very interesting, and it's, and, 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 and it's how the world remembers him. By arguably one of the greatest speeches of all time, what does he say? Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. Now, imagine if he said, I've got a strategic plan. <laughs> you know, who's going to follow him? Mm-hmm. I got a strategic plan, everybody, and it's in 27 points. Right. Are you ready? Start taking them. No, he says, I have a dream. So as soon as he says, I have a dream, he's invoking a more powerful place because a king has a dream for himself and a king has a dream for the world that is indestructible. That's what you got to find. And in order to find that, you have to be curious. You have to be willing. You have to be willing to go through the gauntlet, to go into these weird, interesting places. You got to be willing sometimes to be a nobody for a little bit.
1: Mm. Well, you know, I, I, well, I think that's that's it, right? I, I was working with a coach a few weeks ago, and she was like, you know, I don't see my superpower. I don't see the thing that I do. And she was looking for like the skill, like you know, here's this thing that I do. And somebody, I spend an hour with somebody, and then there's there's this thing that I do. And I was like, that's not your superpower. Your superpower is that you have a gift to give. Just by being with you and being around you elevates that person. It calls that person to hang out in a different level of their own consciousness. They see their life from a different perspective. They see their problems from a different perspective. They're able to solve their own fucking problems from that perspective. You don't have to do anything. So your gift, and I I say this to the guys out there, is like is just really cultivating yourself in that way. What is it that I really care? When I'm not trying to be the conventional guy, when I'm not trying to play a role, when I'm not just trying to be successful, successful, when I'm not just trying to be liked, when you're willing to start to step beyond that, and who am I really, what do I really care about, that's the world, and that, that's the gift, right? That's where you're starting to go into this place of what do I really care about, because just hanging around, like, I've been in rooms, shit, our men's group was like that, like to be in a room with guys that are living into their power in that way is like, whoa, you feel the, the hair on your neck stand up, it's like, wow, this is really powerful, I'm not the same guy. When I get around those people, it calls me up to a different level. And that's a gift in and of itself. It, it, may, it may not be this skill necessarily. It may not be this, oh, you have this new idea and this new way of articulating the world or molecular biology or anything like that. It's just simply your way of being can be a gift.
2: And, you know, thanks for saying that because we tend to devalue that. And we tend to not see how incredible that really is because we're looking for the something special because the world tends to train men. It trains men that, and, and, and it's a very subtle so Tell me what to do, right? Tell me what tell to me do. Tell me what to do. Right. But here's the one thing. But like so, so who are the men that we all worship? We're worshiping the athletes. We're worshiping the actors. And we worship oftentimes the businessmen who just make a lot of money. I I guarantee you, ask 50 guys what Warren Buffett does to make his gazillions. Nobody knows what he does. Okay, maybe you know what Richard Branson does, but you really don't know what he does day to day to day. We just know he's got a lot of money, or he's a famous athlete, or he's a famous actor. So yeah, they got this one thing that it seems they do that, okay, well, I maybe have to do that, and it's so different for each one of us. And and. There's where we sometimes have to face our own terror. <laughs> you know, one of the yeah. Reasons... If, if I
1: really dial up who I am, who the fuck it? I mean, I don't know if that's going to be likable. I don't know if that's going to be lovable. I don't know if that's going to get be acceptable. If I really dial up who I am,
2: mm-hmm. and we have to be willing to face the fear of that and the terror of that, because that is part of the gauntlet. Right. You have to move through your fears. So the fear is, I don't have a gift. The fear is, I won't make it. The fear is I'm going to continue in the same spin cycle and life is going to suck. The fear is there really is nothing there and, and you see this part of me was right. I am worthless. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the fear right there. And that's a primal fear. You didn't invent that fear. We didn't invent that fear. I didn't invent that fear. It exists. It's been in humankind for eons of time. And that's part of the gauntlet that we have to overcome. So what I'm saying is, you know, really, when we start to make to turn that corner and look inward and ask the question, why am I here? What is my true purpose? What's the next level of the game? And 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 if I want to step into my kinghood, what is my unique gift in the world? Um, We're going to have to face some demons. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to face our fear. And that's when you have to now use all of your little warrior training and all your prince training. That's when you have to use everything that you know to navigate this unknown turf. Because Mm -hmm. we see so many times the hero is confronted with the unknown the hero doesn't know how he is going to overcome but he moves forward anyway and so i'm amazed they, at
1: how many guys just don't get that we we see it so often in the movies we 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 see it it's 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 in our entertainment culture and yet so many guys, I'm like, yeah, I know I need to make a big change, but I want to make a lateral move. Like, I <laughs> think there's this thing, like I can just go, oh, I'll press a button and click and now I've got this and a new business card and that's what I'm doing. And it's like, really? You think it's that fucking easy? You think that there's just this thing? And it's not impossible. And you're, normally it's just a, a 5, 10, 15 degree shift from where they are, but they really think that there's just this, I can make a lateral move and that's it. That's gonna That's going to actually satisfy this inner... Part of me mm-hmm. um instead of the willingness to say it's gonna be this meandering, weird uncertainty. It all makes sense when you look in the rearview mirror, it's like, oh, I see how the pieces fit together on that treasure hunt. But um the, yeah, it's like, oh, you mean I have to do go into uncertainty? Oh well, I don't know if I want to do that. And that's where so many guys get hung up. They just mm-hmm. they don't answer the call, they don't head into uncertainty.
2: I love the term answer the call, you know, and right? and, and there's a question that I like to ask, and it could very well be one of the most important questions you ever ask yourself, and it's a question to ask arguably every day, but especially at these important transition times, and the question is simply this, where is life calling me? Where is life calling you? Now, now, notice the question is not what am I supposed to do? What is my gift? And those are good questions too. But when I ask the question, where is life calling me? Put a capital L on life because the question implies that there is something bigger. There's a Mm. grander intelligence going on. This is a time when it's really good to look in the mirror with yourself and begin to understand what you believe, um, to begin to come to grips with what you believe about the world, um, it, it's it's if if you don't believe in something bigger than yourself, then you're going to have to constantly be squeezing out of your own brain and your own body, and that gets exhausting. You're going to be a sponge, and you're going to be dry. Right? Um, something something smarter than you created you. Something bigger than me and you created all this. When I ask where is life calling me, there's a wisdom to life. You got to look at your own life, and I'm just saying this to the younger guys. So I'm 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 56 you know i'm at a point in my life i have you know i have i've been through it all in terms of the struggles in terms of wanting to kill myself in terms of feeling worthless and useless and and staying on the course and asking the questions and staying with my gifts and 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 looking for you know who am i where am i what am i supposed to be doing tapping into something greater you know i'm at the point in my life where my business makes millions is successful I'm a little drained and tired. I work hard, um, but I get to create things. um, Mm -hmm. And I get to see things happen around me. And I'm always asking the question, where is life calling me? Because then I get to answer it. I get to see if there's a higher wisdom out there, what is it saying? And you look for clues, for goodness sake. You look for clues about where you're being pointed to. And then you have the courage hopefully, to follow those clues. And I think when we do that, there's a magic that starts to happen. That's the other thing about all the old fairy tales and kings and queens and princes. There's always magic floating around somewhere. And, and, And it seems like we live in a time when the magic gets sucked out of us. You know, it's like 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 trip. I love when you and I hang out and, and you have magic in your life. You 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 love creating magic. You can you can go out to the ocean and experience magic. You can go out to eat and you're experiencing magic. And and it's that magic of the world that feeds us and, and that actually nourishes us. So and the magic of the world is endless if you start to notice it, because not only does the magic of the world work when it comes to like girls or food or money or career but the magic of the world it, it, there's so many layers to it and it'll it'll guide us really yeah. but we have to kind of play with it and we have to kind of ask the questions i think
1: and to let go right and to relax a bit and and, and to trust like okay if i got to create, if i want magic in my life as you said you know if i want if i i got to create the space i got to create space for that kind of thing to happen it, it doesn't happen when we're busting ass 12 hours a day and we don't play and we don't have connection and we don't do some of these other things. The things you described where you said I had magic in my life. Well, that happens when I create the space for it. I don't I don't I can't control what's gonna happen in those places. We we can't control, but we can leave the space for that to happen. It's intentional. It's not let me go get stoned and sit on the couch all day kind of space. It is Where can I go be with the best people I can be with? Where can I go do the activities that actually have me nourished, you know, feel nourished Mm. and invigorated? So that's the difference there, instead of how can I check out and how can I numb myself because everything's wearing me out and I'm tired from it. So
2: right. That's what that's what happens to so many guys. They go, Oh my God, this is too hard. I'm gonna just go back to the frog stage. Right. So sitting on the couch, drinking beer. Getting lazy, losing your focus, that is literally saying, Okay, I will now regress to becoming a frog. Um, And, and, you know, it's, I I think it's also important for men to understand that there's going to be a tendency to blame yourself. There's going to be a tendency for self pity. There's going to be a tendency to think, Shit, you know, I can't do this. He's doing it. I can't do it. What am I doing wrong? I want you to know something. The world isn't rolling out the red carpet for you on this one. The world doesn't make it easy. I wish it did make it easier. Yeah. The world isn't world isn't sitting around going, hey, young man, you know, here, here it is for you. We're, we're going to give you everything you need to discover your purpose. We're going to support you in finding your true power. We live in a world that does not do that. The world tends to want to numb us out. There's all kinds of ways you can go numb yourself out and do stupid nonsense and distract yourself and drain your energy and jerk off in a thousand different ways so that you're useless and you're tired. So And it's not a
1: meritocracy either. It's not that, (laughs) hey, well, I worked my ass off. I've been a good guy. I've I've d- followed all the rules. I did all the things I was supposed to do by playing this role. I thought it was going to work out. I hear that, right? I did all the things I, I they told me I was to do, right? You tell me what to do. Well, I went and did all the things I was supposed to do, and it didn't work out. And they feel robbed. They don't realize that well, there's this piece that only you drive. It doesn't come mm-hmm. from following the rules and following all the the uh, you know checking all the boxes. That's how we check out from our own experience. That's how we leave ourselves and and we abandon this process. Mm. So it doesn't equate well. If I did a good job according to someone else, that I would get you know the red carpet here. That's that's not how it works.
2: Yes, and 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 thanks so much for saying that because I think right there, if we just push the pause button there for a moment, it is that place that's a powerful powerful inflection point. That's a potential change point. And when we hit that point where we go, oh shit, you know, it didn't work out the way I thought. I did all the right things and, and and now it's not happening. So we could either sink down, we could either 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 go back into frog stage, we can go into lethargy, or we can go to someplace else, but that someplace else we really don't know what it is. Mm. Think of it like this. Think of it like the caterpillar going into the cocoon. The reality is you've been a caterpillar. And the caterpillar does this really interesting thing. It spins this cocoon. um, And it spins the cocoon and it goes inside the cocoon. Now, I'll tell you because I've done this. I've studied caterpillars and cocoons when I was a kid at various (laughs) stages. When that caterpillar goes inside the cocoon, now I'm told it comes out a butterfly. But if you kind of chop that cocoon open halfway through, you know what you find inside? You find unidentifiable mush. Oh. There is no caterpillar and there's no freaking butterfly. It is actually this mush of undifferentiated tissue. Right. Halfway through. So, what I'm trying to say is that there's a point where you have to go into your cocoon, where you have to go within. That's the place, Trip, where you you said, you know, oh my goodness, I got to be curious. I got to look inside myself. I got to stop looking out at the outside world to tell me what the hell to do because the world didn't give you the best instructions. Sorry about that. So, you go into your cocoon. You go within. You meditate. You go to your power spots. You find the few people that can really guide you, help you, coach you, mentor you. You find that Safe zone and you shut out all the exterior nonsense. But in that process, you're gonna you're gonna get mushy. Mm. You might get teary-eyed, you might not know what the heck you are, you might look useless and you might feel useless, and you might be useless for a little bit. And if you could be with that, do you think the caterpillar is inside the cocoon thinking, oh shit, you know, I suck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this mush. is just I am I'm mush. <laughs> No, come on! Goodness sakes, it's a it's an automatic process. Mm. You know the caterpillar willingly made that cocoon. It's 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 evolutionary impulse knows there's something cool is going to happen on the other side. But you, yeah, yeah, you and I don't necessarily know that. You and I just know that we're feeling like mush, and I'm just I'm just telling you as an older brother on the journey. You got to be willing sometimes to be mush, yeah, and to not know who you are because when you go through that, out pops this caterpillar. I mean, I'm sorry, out pops the butterfly, for goodness sakes. And who could have predicted? Right. You went from a freaking slug to this beautiful creature.
1: Well, I think that's great to come in, right? Because that's the part. It's like, well, if I'm feeling this way and I've got all these self-doubts and I don't like what I look, I look in the mirror and I see mush. I must have fucked up. I must be doing something wrong. The things that used to light me up don't light me up anymore. What's what's wrong with me? I'm embarrassed to talk about this. I can't talk about it with anybody else. But if we lay this out here, what if it's just a part of your development? It is a part of your development. So, and if you engage it, that's the way through it. If you try to stay stuck and you want to go back and you and you keep trying to do the things that used to work but they don't work anymore, you stay. You know, that's where you, you you stay stuck as the frog, as you said, or the caterpillar in this case. So. Yeah, I just want to give that guy some peace of mind that you're not broken. You're developing. It just means that you left that that previous stage. It's time to step into the next one, and there's a way through it. There is a way through it if you're willing to do some of the things that we talked about here before, and I think it's really hard to do alone. It's not that anybody can do it for you. But educate yourself. Look around. If you start to dig around, you can start to find these books. You start to find the coaches, the mentors, the groups. You're not, you know, This isn't that new. It's been around for millennia, right? It's been a part of our human development. Um, you just have to dig at it. You're not going to find it on TV. You're not going to find it in popular culture or on Twitter or any of that shit. This is where it's time to <laughs> go within and, and start going in for some real depth here, and, and, uh, and you'll find your way. So uh, anything to add as we wrap this up, brother?
2: Yeah, that that was that was so beautifully put. I want to add that um, there's something I love about the word courage. And this is a time for courage for the men who are struggling in this way. And when you break down the word courage and you look at the root words, courage means core is heart Latin for heart. Age is Indo-European for fire. Courage really means a warmth of heart. And we got to kind of love ourselves through this process, you know, as, as soft as that might sound, you have to not abandon yourself. So loving yourself simply means not abandoning yourself, not, not hating on yourself, not limiting yourself is being willing to love yourself, to respect yourself into this next phase, even though I don't know who I am, even though I don't have the perfect answers right now, even though it doesn't look pretty. If you can honor, respect, love yourself in this process, I really mean this. And you got to dig deep for that. Yeah, you will, you will surely come out the other side.
1: Yeah. I wish I could have heard this when I was going through this process 10 years ago. Um, you know, this this is this is the conversation I needed to hear at that time because I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I was doing something wrong, that you know, I was turning the blade on myself and just that message alone, like, hey, you're not getting it wrong, you're not screwing it up. Um, you know, you you experiencing this doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you can't be satisfied with life or any of the other things that we talked about today. That's a that's a big deal. I'm glad you brought that in there, Mark. David, thank you so much, brother. I love you, man. Thank you for having this conversation. We're we'll, we're gonna dig in deeper. Uh, I I just I gotta have you come back. We, we gotta keep we gotta keep this going because there's so many other things to talk about. But I wanna I wanna put a book in right here.
2: Yay! Thanks so much for having me. This was this was so powerful. I love it.
1: If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.